2: This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G, Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform,
3: to the Canadian's Connection Podcast, episode 167 here on Rocket Sports Radio, where we keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, December 4th, and well, you know what that means. It's a special birthday. It's the Montreal Canadiens' 112th birthday, so they're, they're getting up there in, in age. And well, to celebrate like uh, the Canadian's birthday... I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor in chief,
1: the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. How are you, doing, Rick? I'm doing great, thanks. That's uh, that's a lot of candles on that cake, um, and 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 everything everything old is new again because uh, we're also um, December second was the twenty sixth anniversary of Patrick Waugh's last game. In Montreal, and we all know what happened then. And um, curiously, Patrick Wah was in the news a lot this past week.
3: And on December second, the Canadiens played the Colorado Avalanche. So exactly. So it's quite the, the special day. There, there's plenty to talk about this week. Lots and lots of of news. So um, you know, so we're gonna go through a quick recap of the games, some roster moves. But then a lot of time of today's episode will be spent on the moves that Jeff Mosin made in the past week. So that includes the the change of regime, Mark Bergevin, Trevor Timmons and Paul Wilson let go and the hiring of new Executive Vice President Jeff and So that will be uh, our main discussion of today's uh, episode. Let's begin with a, uh, a brief recap of the Canadian Games this week. And just a reminder, you can check out the comprehensive previews and post-game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. It started on Saturday when Jonathan Joy, he opened the scoring with his third goal of the season, and the Canadians ended up beating the Penguins 6-3 to in Pittsburgh. And three of Montreal's goals were scored into an empty net, which is quite unusual. Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, and Tyler Tofoli each recorded three points in the victory. Jake Allen made 47 saves to earn the uh, the W. On Monday, the Vancouver Canucks, well, they were in town at the Bell Centre and it was a low-scoring contest as the Canucks left the building with a 2-1 victory. Ryan Poehling was Montreal's only goal scorer and Jake Allen, he was busy again. He made 40 shots. And on Thursday... The Avalanche, they opened the scoring with a shorthanded goal at the Bell Centre and went on to hand Montreal a 4-1 loss. Uh, ben Charrot scored the Canadiens' only goal. It was his fifth of the season, which I guess it's a story of the season because it plays him second on the team in goals. And well, as a result, the Canadiens' regular season record is now 6-17-2. And, well, I think we're not going to bother with SportsClubStats.com because I think they're (laughs) in negative chances uh, right now. So, Rick, another two losses for for the Canadians this week.
1: Yeah, and it was really, the the games um, were kind of uh, uh, afterthought, Uh, particularly that game um, last Saturday uh, against Pittsburgh, uh, it should have been all good news, but, um, you know, you had one eye on on what was happening on the ice, as well as this whole drama that was playing out, out off ice. Um, Canadians receiving permission to speak with Jeff Gorton, uh, Scott Mellenby uh, resigning from, from the team after... Uh, promises were made and not kept and and then um Mark Bergevin being caught unaware of of all of what was going on yet the Canadians were having um you know one of their their better games uh playing against a very good team Pittsburgh team um and winning that one 6-3 so it was that kind of week uh, you know the same with um uh, you know uh, uh, the Colorado game and, and uh, Jeff Gordon being in the building. And it was, it was just a kind of a surreal week uh, for the Canadians on and off the ice.
3: It's a pretty historic, I think we'll remember this week for, for a long time as Canadians fans for, uh, for all the events that happened. Uh, Let's talk about some roster updates. So, So there was plenty of ins and outs in the roster since the last Saturday's episode, Uh, First, it started with Brett Kulak, uh, Mathieu Perrault, and Chris Weidman all returned to the lineup on Thursday after recovering from their respective injuries. Uh, Chris Weidman, he missed two games with an upper body injury. Brett Kulak, he missed four games with a lower body injury. And Mathieu Perrault, he was missing. He was out since October 30th with vision issues that required two surgeries in order to... uh, to get ready and back into uh, into action on Thursday night. We had some news on, on Joel Edmondson. He met with doctors and, well, like we found out that he has a back injury and he will be evaluated further in coming days. So what does that mean? I, I sound probably like a broken record every week we come here, provide an update, but it doesn't seem like, it's getting anywhere it seems like it's just standing in place with uh, Woodrow Edmonton. Mm-hmm. hopefully he'll hopefully he's he's okay and healthy enough to return as soon as he uh, as soon as he can uh, mike Hoffman, he'll be returning to the lineup tonight against the uh, nashville predators he was out since november 13th with a upper body injury but uh, it was confirmed by dominic Ducharme earlier this morning that uh, Hoffman will be making a, a return. Also this week, Canadian's goaltender Carry Price, he was skating on his own without equipment at uh, in in Brossard. Uh, no specific timeline on his return, but the team and and the, the media out there did post videos of Carry Price uh, skating around the rink in Brossard with uh, no equipment on so, no, slowly, slowly, gradual, preparing for a uh, return for the Cleans goaltender. In the other roster news, uh, Brendan Gallagher and Sami Niku, they, were, uh, they tested positive for COVID-19, and they are quarantining. And their, their positive tests were confirmed on Thursday. So they're going to miss at least the next five games and as a result there's extra protocols for the team when it comes to mask wearing and they're what Dominic Ducharme said like they're almost back into a uh, bubble during this uh, period and we've started seeing some outbreaks around the NHL so so hopefully it just stays with these two players like Mark Bergeve before he was let go he was in quarantine uh, as well with the Canadians so it's um the virus is, is still near the team so they're they're just going to quarantine to make sure that it doesn't uh, there's no outbreak in uh, other news Josh Anderson he suffered an upper body injury uh, in, during the game Thursday night against the uh, Colorado Avalanche and he'll be out 2 to 4 weeks he was placed on injured reserve and it was likely on a play behind the net where he he fell awkward into uh, the boards but Dominic Deschamps for this one gave a clear, well, a clear timeline as soon as the game was over, which was quite unusual to get it so quick. But after the game, he said two to four weeks for uh, Josh Anderson, so it sounded like they knew exactly what uh, what his injury was.
1: It was kind of an ugly hit. Uh, Colorado defenseman Curtis Mcdermott drove him um, into the boards, and no no penalty on the play, uh, which uh, Canadians fans were pretty upset about. We remember that uh, Josh Anderson had uh, some work done, surgery on uh, to surgically repair his shoulder. Whether that's the issue, um, all the Canadians are saying is. Upper body, but uh, yeah, I was surprised too at that uh, very precise or reasonably precise two to four week timeline right after the game. And it
3: was on the same sequence where I think later on that shift, Tyler Toffoli got uh, got hit into the boards, and then the next day on Friday was it Friday? Yeah, Friday did not Toffoli didn't practice due to therapy day, so was he hurt in that same sequence as well? Like who who knows? But uh, Toffoli is playing uh, tonight. One player who will not be playing tonight—he did not make the trip to uh, Nashville for this mini one-game road trip—is Canadians defenseman uh, Jeff Petrie, who is out with a uh, upper-body injury. And Rick, I hope this injury explains the way he's been playing because uh, he really has been playing good this year. And I'm hoping that this rest will hopefully do him some some good for him because well, his performance on the ice hasn't been there.
1: It's really curious because um, when asked, even this week, um, Jeff Petrie was was uh, was spoke this week and uh, didn't say anything about uh, an injury, and and it was Dom Ducharme um, who was really emphatic about the fact that no Petrie is not uh, suffering from from an injury at all. Uh, so whether that uh, whether Petrie's injury um, was uh, was also uh, suffered in that that uh, loss to Colorado on Thursday we don't know or maybe maybe a condition that he was dealing with was was made worse um, but uh, yeah it, it it would explain um, how he's been playing but uh, Jeff Petrie himself said uh, he's he's just been um, you know it's, it's He's been uncomfortable with the pressure of dealing uh, as the the number one defenseman, and maybe trying to do too much and getting away from his game. Uh, that's how he explained uh, his uh, his poor play. Uh, but it it he hasn't been playing well at all this season. And also on
3: Thursday, another defenseman, Alexander Romanov, he broke his nose. He gave us the the, the medical update himself in the in the post game <laughs> interview. Uh, against the Avalanche and he did that when he hit Ryan Paling. <laughs> it looks like along uh along the boards and then you know the Avalanche the good sportsmen that they are they try to defend Paling against <laughs> Romanov not like after that uh after the hit and then we saw Romanov come back into the game with a, with a full cage.
1: He was targeting Kale McCarr along the boards there but got a really good piece of uh of Ryan, Ryan Paling and and maybe it was the visor that came down and and broke yeah. his nose, but uh, the whole front of his visor was covered in blood as he, he went off the ice. So as a result of all these players moving in, moving out of the lineup,
3: well, to balance things out, Canadians uh, recalled two players, uh, Laurent Dauphin and Corey Schuneman were recalled from, uh, from the Laval Rocket. Uh, Laurent Dauphin, he was tied for first. He started tied for first in the AHL with 11 goals, and he leads the Laval Rocket with uh, 16 points. And then on defense, Corey Schoenemann, well, he hasn't played in the NHL yet. Uh, both these players aren't scheduled to play tonight. But I think on defense, with uh, Xavier Wallet being injured, I don't think there was any other player available for the cleans to call up from uh, from Laval Rocket. All right, let's move on now and speak of the Laval Rocket and look at, at the Habs prospect report.
2: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
3: The Rocket played three games since uh, last week's episode on Saturday in Belleville. Belleville once again delivered a blowing victory against the Rocket by a score of 7-3. to and then the Rockets came home for two games against the Texas Stars, the first time in franchise history that these two teams faced each other. And while both these teams uh, played into, uh, both these games finished 4-3 in overtime. On Wednesday, it was the Texas Stars that came on the winning end of it. And on Friday, it was the Rockets who came out victorious. Friday's win... Snapped a four-game losing streak for the uh, Laval Rocket. The the Rocket, at that point, uh, prior to Friday's game, had lost five out of their last six games. So they were they were slumping, just like the the Montreal Canadiens were. um, Well, are I should say, the Canadiens are still uh, slumping. The Rocky playing their next game on uh, Sunday, so tomorrow, against the uh, Toronto Marlies in Toronto at 4 p.m. Eastern. And while it's expected that they'll be facing Peter Marazic in goal, who is headed to Toronto for a conditioning stint. And another prospect news, Rick, uh, two Canadian prospects were invited to uh, Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp.
1: We have both Caden uh, Gooley and uh, Joshua Waugh uh, invited to the World Junior Selection Camp. Uh, that camp is going to be held in uh, Calgary uh, from December 9th to 12th. Of course, the, uh, Canada is, is hosting the World Juniors uh, this year. Uh, that's going to run from Boxing Day until 5th of January uh, in both Edmonton and, uh, Red Deer. There was some talk about, uh, Caden Gooley may be the captain of, uh, Team Canada. Interestingly enough, it was, uh, Caden Gooley who was traded uh, this past week. Uh, no, not from the Montreal Canadiens, but from, um, there was two junior teams that, that made it a trade. And, um, Ghoulie is uh, leaving or has left uh, the Prince Albert Raiders where he was captain and uh, is now with a a rather stacked roster on the Edmonton Oil Kings as they uh, uh, firm up their roster for a Memorial Cup run. I think it was traded for what it was like. It seemed like like a whole team was coming on the other side. <laughs> yeah, there was plenty of draft picks and teams. It was it was one of those fabulous junior trades uh, with a massive haul uh, for uh, Kaden Gooley.
3: So, so be sure to read the content at AHL.report and also to listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Press Zone Montreal, and Rick. Uh, on last week's episode, there was a special guest on, on the press zone.
1: There was, uh, we had uh, uh, Marty Baron on uh, on last week on the press zone and uh, analyst, uh, analyst, uh, and uh, associated with the, the Buffalo Sabers. But he keeps his his uh, uh, eye on prospects, and he does an awful lot of traveling and scouting. Uh, for prospects, particularly goalie uh, prospects, as you, you might imagine, and had some uh, really insightful uh, comments um, about uh, Caden Primo and and uh, and about goaltending in general. And uh, he has kind of a you know we we see with prospects where we've we've always been preaching patience, um, and uh, certainly defenseman uh, prospects uh, take longer than. Uh, forwards and uh, goaltenders take even longer than that. And he had some uh, interesting ideas about how to deal with that and, and, uh, and how to be patient and, and even referenced uh, uh, former Canadian uh, Zach Fucali and, and his uh, amazing uh, debut for the Washington Capitals into the NHL. Um, so it was, it was uh, uh, great to have him as a guest and, and you'll want to find uh, the press zone on your favorite podcast app and uh, and listen to last week's show.
3: Yeah, and the show is published every Tuesday with uh, yourself and uh, Amy Johnson. All right, let's move on now and talk about the big news from the Montreal Canadiens when on Sunday, Canadian's owner, President Jeff Molson, he decided to clean house. And well, he 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 let go. He fired uh, Mark Brejevay, assistant GM Trevor Timmins, and the the senior VP of communications and and public affairs Paul Wilson from the team. And that came, as Rick mentioned earlier, following uh, Saturday's resignation of uh, Scott Mellenby. Uh, and it was reported. Uh, during that weekend for, for for Scott Mellonby's perspective, because that's the one that happened first, was that, he was that there was a promise made to him that he would be the next general manager. And then on the previous day, on the Friday, he was told that uh, he was no longer in the running for the position. So Scott Mellonby... Uh, resigned because he obviously didn't see himself having a future if for uh, a future promotion with the team if the team was headed to a another um, direction so and then like you mentioned, Rick, like there were several reports, but it was. I guess kind of confirmed that mark bergevay did found out about this those reports that it was a fellow general manager who informed him of uh, all these things happening there was other reports that he found out via social media but one thing for sure is that mark bergevay he didn't find out about any of this from jeff molson first he found out through other sources so he when he got the call on Sunday from uh, Jeff Molson, I'm I'm sure he he knew what the call was about. He knew it was coming, and and even uh, uh, Martin Leclerc from uh, from French the from the French CBC, he had reported that Mark Bergevay had already cleared his desk from Brossard before he was out with COVID. So he he knew that this was happening, and the writing was on the wall that. Mark Bergerve was going to be let go, and Rick Jeff Molson finally pulled the trigger on Sunday.
1: And it's something that listen, uh, we we've all been talking about the fact that Jeff Molson has, uh, um, and 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 we should you know emphasize the point that he's not only the owner, but he's the president of the organization. But he's been kind of absent from that role. For the past five months, last spoke uh, to the public in July um, for for a news. I mean, he's made brief appearances, but but no uh, opportunity to question him for five months, uh, almost five months. Um, and um, the way this all unfolded, and and uh, you know, during a game, and and these leaks coming out first about uh, Jeff Gordon. Uh, then about Scott Mellonby, uh, this was uh, this was ex- handled extremely poorly. Obviously, uh, an unmitigated disaster. Uh, it, it's just uh, Mark Bergevin. Um, you know, we've been critical of Mark Bergevin, but uh, has been uh, the general manager for over nine years and, and deserves some level of respect. And and um, you know, for him to find out the way that he did officially. Um, or, or unofficially, and and uh, then be kind of dangling in the wind till the next day till told uh, wasn't wasn't very uh, I didn't have a good look to it, and certainly the story with Scott Mellenby, Um there there was talk, as you said, about a general manager, and then there was also uh, news that um, and this came out kind of from the the, the Minnesota Press uh, that uh, Scott Mellenby had been promised. Uh, you know uh, uh, um, the kind of role that uh, that Jeff Gordon ended up getting. So, um, and and then felt that the only thing left for him to do was resign. T- Trevor Timmons was kind of caught off guard, or at least he said so. Um, and these are these are regardless of what you feel about them, these are are seasoned hockey guys. Um, both uh, Mellenby and and Timmons. Uh, have been um, you know our assistant GMs and have been under consideration uh, for other for GM positions around the leagues. Scott Mellenby has, has been uh, considered for four GM positions. Trevor Timmons has been, uh, teams have asked to speak to him. The Canadians have refused and and have um, uh, promoted him uh, to keep him within the organization. Both could be, um, you know, have positions elsewhere. So the way this all unfolded was, uh, I, I don't know. For the Canadians who usually pride themselves on controlling leaks and making decisions and doing things the right way, this this was a bit of a mess.
3: They uh, most of them didn't have Paul Wilson in the top of about mouth communications, yeah. <laughs> so so it all went to haywire in that. But but I agree with you that. Not only Mellenby and Timmins, I think Mark and I also will draw all three of them. I think as as soon as they're interested in returning back into like the the hockey world, I think all three of them will uh, will be able to find uh, another another role. And Rick, obviously, like, we don't. I don't think we'll ever find out the answer to this. But let me know if you agree with with my statement. I think if Scott Mellenby wouldn't have resigned he probably would have been part of the wave of being let go on Sunday. At least that's how I feel like it would have ended
1: up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, uh, because I think like, you know, there's always debates on, you know, like especially for Trevor Timmons because it's easier to – to kind of see like the work that he does, it's more visible with the draft picks, and I think there could be there's, there's there's always a debate whether you know he did a good job or or he didn't. But at the end of the day, I think what Jeff Molson was looking at, like he said, he wanted, um, he he wanted a, f- a fresh start. But actually, Rick, I think I'm skipping a step a bit in our plan. But let's if we could, if we could play that clip directly, where Jeff Molson speaks about wanting a, a fresh start with the Canadians.
4: I strongly believe that this organization needs a fresh start. At this stage, a fresh start is not so much at the team level, but rather at the management level. On the ice, we have a team that is a lot better than the results show. Many com- many components that amazed us last summer will be back soon, but equally as important, We've made 45 draft picks in the past 5 years since our reset, and we have 11 more coming in Montreal this year. It is essential that we structure our organization around properly developing this group of talent. The new management team will be responsible for evaluating our current team and how we can improve moving forward
1: it's it's really odd because um, throughout his statement and and his statement uh, we should say went on for uh, about five minutes um, a, a, a prepared statement that that he read from uh, there were two paragraphs in English the it, the rest was completely in French um, that was obviously one of one of the uh, English paragraphs and, and he talked about um that uh, the the problem, uh, the in in his eyes, was that uh, the team is much better than the results, the the record that, that they have that, that that you read at at uh, uh, in in the first part of it six seventeen and two. Uh, well, if Jeff Molson understands about the roles that people have um a, a team who, who is underperforming who has the talent but is underperforming that's an issue with coaching it's not an issue uh with with general managers so that that was just a really odd thing I thought for him to say um and and similarly with respect to uh he talked about development and and uh that drafting has to improve uh and and the, he the, when specifically asked about why he let Trevor Timmons go, he talked about having, um, three top 10, um, uh, choices, uh, in the draft, uh, during Trevor Timmons's uh, tenure who are no longer with the organization. Um, well, that's not Trevor Timmons fault. That's, that's the fault of the general manager who traded them away. Um, and 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 more precisely too it's 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 a problem with development that those those players uh at least two of them weren't developed uh to their potential but um so his messages were all over the place and and maybe that's again um with with uh, without Paul Wilson there that that the message was poorly crafted um i don't know but his whole he seemed to to have his mind made up that he he wanted to get rid of of uh Mark Bergevin and and that's his prerogative as the president uh and then the folks who were closest to Bergevin yeah. and Scott Mellenby was his right hand guy and and who um you know Bergevin consulted Extensively with, um, and particularly uh, Scott Mellon. Scott Mellonby was the intermediary between um, uh, Bergevin and Laval, um, and and uh, w- the same kind of applies to Trevor Timmons, And of course, uh, Paul Wilson yeah. stood there, uh, you know, uh, as well. So um, the whole thing was kind of really. I I think it was. Uh, uh, not a clear message from uh, Jeff Molson. I think
3: the attention was, like you mentioned, like uh, it, it was he wanted like a, like a fresh start. So then to do it is you get you have to change the the head person, the person that is has the authority to make the the, the decisions, and then the the close people around them. Because if you if you want to have like a fresh start, new decisions, etc., like you, you can't like the if you, if you keep the same people and you just get rid of one, well, the other two, you know, might still have same type of thinking, like the way things are going in the past. So if you really wanted to start fresh is at least the way that I'm kind of interpreting the moves that, uh, that Jeff Mosen made on uh, last weekend on uh, Sunday. So so throughout the the week, the, so the players were asked about the 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 the, ma- the general manager changes. So Mark Bergeron, he's the one that had the most contact from with uh, with the players. And let's begin and hear from uh, Brendan Gallagher speak on uh, Mark Bergeron.
4: From from my standpoint, I you know he's a man I can't
3: think enough. Been with him, uh, you know, close to a decade. Came up. Uh, my first year in the league, uh, there's, there's probably
5: not a lot of general managers that would have wanted to keep a undersized fifth-round pick around uh, that he
3: really had no connection with. But um, you know, he gave me a shot, uh, and ever since then, he's always been someone that I was able to count on. Uh, you know, whether you're you're struggling on the ice, off the ice, he was someone you could have a real conversation with. He was somebody that.
1: No matter when he spoke or you spoke to him he listened and he he genuinely cared Um, and his only goal every every single move he made for a decade uh, was to help us players have success on the ice and give us a chance to win Um, and that's something that i can't you
3: know thank him for enough
1: you can really hear the emotion in brandon gallagher's voice um you know it's not like he just came off the the ice from a game or anything he's he's all of that is is just pure emotion um, obviously, felt a, a very personal connection uh, with Mark Bergevin. and and you know we we we'll, we can talk about his record, we can talk about his moves, we can talk about all those kinds of things, but I, I don't think there's there's any denying that uh, Mark Bergervan um, was personally invested uh, in some of his players, <laughs> um, and may had a personal connection uh, with uh, with a number of of his players, and was. You know that emotion, um, maybe drove some of his uh, decision making.
3: Yeah, for sure. And even Brendan Gallagher added that when the the contract negotiations at one point, you know, they weren't going well uh, between uh, Gallagher and uh, the Canadians' camp. And then Mark Bradshawen called Brendan Gallagher directly to uh, to discuss about it. And then you know, essentially, the the contract was um, was signed after that. Uh, Another player who spoke about uh, Mark Pergevin was Clean's defenseman, uh, Ben Charrot.
1: Um, you know, Burge believed in me and he he brought me in here, um, you know, signed me in free agency and believed in me and the player that I could be and helped my, uh, my career tremendously. I mean, he's uh, not only by bringing me here, but he was around, you know, every day. And whether your game's up or down, he's, you know, he'll talk to you and tell you what he sees and, um, you know, he's a guy who played, played the game for a long time and um, played a similar game to the way I play. And um, he's been, you know, huge in, in, for me in my career and kind of taking the next step in my career from what I was doing before I got here to, to the player I am now. And I th- I think um, Mark Bergevin deserves credit for uh, you know that connection that he that he has and and there are players who feel kind of indebted towards him and in, in in how uh, their careers evolved, um, since their acquisition or sensor support and we saw Mark Bergevin during the playoff run and and uh, you know right down there in the tunnel and hugging players and uh, extremely emotional and but I think that you know that's that's maybe both a blessing and a curse and and one of the things we'll talk about jeff uh, gorton in in uh, the second segment in in our big topic segment uh, but it, he's talked about that he creates uh, he's very good at making relationships but he doesn't inject any emotion into his decision making and i think that's a big difference with uh, mark van. everything was emotional and so uh, when those emotions went sour um when when he soured on players he was he was vicious he was disparaging towards you know players that he he uh, traded away and and Max Pacioretty is obviously the um the most glaring example but um you know it didn't have nice things to say about phil Deneau, had terrible things to say about. Uh, Galceniak and and about uh, uh, Jesperi Kokkenmi and and uh, and in in some instances really drove down the the value uh, kind of undercut their confidence, drove down the value of them and and uh, you, you know it, it was it was I don't know it was uncomfortable to listen to it at some stages. Um, Mark Bergevan, uh, what's his legacy going to be? Well, I, I think that, um, a lot was made of the number of moves that he made 99 or a hundred trades in, in his tenure. And uh, going back to that, that very first trade on January 14th, 2013, where he traded Brendan Nash to the Florida Panthers for Jason DeSantis, who we all remember. Um, no, of course we don't. That's, that was most of Mark Bergevin's trades were kind of sideways. Were kind of inconsequential. the, the Danny Briere for PA Parento, the Rene Bork for Brian Allen, the, you know, all of those kinds of trades that when people sat and looked at and they said, oh, Mark Bergevin won that trade, but it didn't really mean anything. It, 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 it he didn't, everything kind of went sideways and, and he was kind of constantly replacing, you know, one set of people with another, another set of players and, and, um, rarely did we get any sense that he had any kind of direction or there was a, there was a big plan. There was a, you know, he was putting together a puzzle. Um, maybe he was winning individual trades, but you know, and and the trades that he lost, man, they were, he lost massively. Um, and, and they changed the complete direction that the, 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 the chemistry and the, and the, and the, uh, structure of the team, the, the Sergachev for and trade was just a massive disaster. And the hole that it left for years, uh, on defense, the, Debrinket and Sam Gerard, those draft picks that ended up that Timmons confirmed it would have been Debrinket and, and Girard uh, for Andrew Shaw, awful, 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 awful trade. Um, and so he ended up. I mean, you look at his his record, um, 18th best record, uh, 18th in points over his his term. That's that's not very good. 22nd in goals for per game, uh, 12th in goals against per game. Well, thank you to Carey Price there. 29th in power play percentage during his term. 21st in penalty kill uh, percentage. Uh, his record isn't very good. Uh, it just it simply isn't, isn't very good. And, and you look at, at the comments and, uh, you, you know, the, 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 there are folks who praise him for his individual trades, but um, I, I saw uh, a, a, a former contributor to Rocket Sports, Kyle Roussel, said, I can't think of a Habs general manager who did less with more than Bergevin did. He had the full support of a caring owner, a decade to work with, and three pillars in Price, Patch, Ready to uh, and Subban to work with. Um, but aside from fleeting good moments, any real success this team had was due to Price playing out of his mind. Uh, that was the problem with Bergevin. Price was the vision and there was no coherent plan for the rest of the team. And I think that's, I think that's, it's harsh, but it's, it's, a fair appraisal of the, the Bergevin, um, the Bergevin tenure.
3: Yeah. Like, uh, I I agree when, in the terms of, you know, there was some, there was like the, this, the trade individual trade that he won. I think, uh, a lot of them, there was some of them that didn't go as well uh, that didn't go as well for him. And, you know, obviously like, you know, in terms of, playoff run or being close to the cup like last year was the closest that they were like under Bergevin's run but besides that like one of the reasons that even Jeff Molson said that he considered um, releasing so firing Mark Bergevin was because well there was there was a a bunch of average regular seasons before that and they almost lost in uh, in round one against uh, against the Leafs Which kind of confirms, like, um, well, I don't know if it it confirms because Jeff Molson did provide some timelines on when he spoke to Mark Brejavan, like on how he made the decision. So he said that, um, I'm just looking through my notes here, that they started talking about an extension last year. And then they spoke once again after the Stanley Cup final, is when they spoke again for an extension. And then in September is what Jeff Molson told them that they think that they should wait before uh, before talking about the future. so so that looks at things that have been, uh, at least in my eyes, it looks at like something that happened, what happened between the 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 Stanley Cup final? And September, September, which was the start of the the the, the camp. So then uh, there's the, the the drafting, there's the Canadian offer sheet. So I think those like two events is you know it it kind of gave the idea of Jeff Mosi. You know what? Maybe I should look for for new leadership for for something else to uh, to happen in uh, in terms of managing the team. Uh, just to go back. For uh, the, the the trades, I went I sidetracked uh, a little bit. There was, you know, th- there was some major trades also that I, I think, uh, you know, put the Canadians in good position. Uh, the Shea Weber trade, which is probably the trades that uh, I've been the most wrong. At the time, I, I thought that in the long term Canadians would come out the losers of that trade, and while you know, uh, now looking back, it's Canadians came out.
1: The winners. There's no doubt about that one. Are you saying and, I was right about that? That th- I think that's a first for you to say I was right <laughs> about something. <laughs> I know I, I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was obviously his best. And I said it at the time. I I liked that trade. And and uh, yes, hands down, that was that was Bergeron's uh, best trade. Uh, no question there. And and uh, and and maybe one of the. Uh, times that he went uh, a little bit against uh his uh, his president in trading PK subin
3: yeah and I think like there's other good trades like even the um, like the, the the trade that got Philip Dano to the Canadians, I think that yep. was a good yep. trade uh as well and and even like you spoke about Max Pacioretty, like it wasn't a steal. It was a trade that ended up working for both te- for both uh, teams. Right. So it's not a steal, but I think the Canadiens still gained out of it. it. Considering a situation where everybody knew that Max Pacioretty was going to get traded somewhere. Like it's, It was pretty obvious that he wasn't returning back that season. I think he got a pretty good return f- f- considering that um, he had no choice. Like, well, he put himself in that position. Mark Bergervein, but I think he still ended up getting a uh, pretty good return for uh, for uh, for Max Pacioretty. Uh, um, Mark Bergervein on Sunday he released a, a statement. he spoke about his uh, legacy earlier, and well, Mark Bergervein he thanked everybody. He thanked um, he thanked Jeff Molson for his dedication and support. He thanks the players, everybody that he's worked with. Uh, he thanks the, the the media, which I was surprised to see there, <laughs> and the thanks to the fans for the support, passion, and loyalty. And uh, long story short, uh, he said that he was he was happy with the work that he he did. He's proud of the legacy that he's leaving within the organization. Obviously, he he would have liked to bring a Stanley Cup to the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, that's not happening. But it it was still, I think, a nice gesture for him. To release a statement uh, after spending all these years with the with the organization,
1: I think he, the statement was very classy. It was it was really well done, um, and and maybe that's that's a benefit of, of Paul Wilson <laughs> going out with Mark Bergevin is uh, he was able to help him craft that. But it, I thought it was really well done. I liked the line where he said, um, "You won't be surprised to hear me say it's not been a long quiet river." And at times it felt like we were living in a TV reality show, which I, th- I thought was a great line in it. Um, and uh, I, I just thought it was, um, uh, you know, a, a very classy statement. And, and, and yes, he went through and uh, thanked everybody. He kind of uh, said... Um, You know, something that we were, we were kind of critical of him about uh, that every year he said his goal was just to make the playoffs. And he said that secretly, that's what he said that his goal was, but his goal was really uh, to win the Stanley Cup. So, okay, we'll, we'll give him that. Um, But I I thought it was a really nice, classy statement um, that he released.
3: And on Monday when uh, Jeff Molson met the media, we already spoke about uh, the fresh start that he, uh, he, he wanted to have with the organization. He also um, spoke about formalizing a, a medical performance team focusing on mental mental wellness with the uh, with the organization. So he's leading that up with uh, Dr. Mulder and, and that team. And well, Jeff Molson also spoke about his role as the president of the team.
4: And to save the question, this decision to restructure the leadership of hockey operations has nothing to do with my role as president. In the past, Mark was accountable for hockey performance. Now there will be two. This is entirely my decision that I believe will make this team better.
1: It's, it's, that's just, it's really funny to me because uh, we remember when, um, um, um Jeff Molson was asked about uh do you need a a, a, a president do you need uh a, 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 an executive vp of hockey operations he always said uh, no he said no uh i am the president and i'm here and i'm really really good at my job he said, uh, that was that was months ago that that he said that and and now he said um in in the, the press conference that if he knew uh, now, what he, uh, you know, back then, what what he knows now, he would have made uh, Mark Bergevin's role uh, a dual role, which is what he's going to do going forward. But that those changes won't have anything whatsoever to do with uh, his role. He's remaining as president of hockey operations and heading up uh, that area. And again, for a, for a guy who has no experience in that role, who has, um, you know, um, who's, who's kind of oddly taken the, the owner uh, president of hockey ops. And, and, you know, he said that um, in his press conference that he's never interfered in hockey decisions. We know that that, we know that that's not true at all. Um, we've seen him a number of times, um, you know, going back to what it was 2014 when, um, Jeff Molson overruled, um, Mark Bergevin and, uh, contacted PK Subban directly and got involved in the, and, and worked out a contract and kind of sidelined Mark Bergevin. It's happened other times, but that was kind of the, uh, the first time. And so, um, Anyway, it's this is this is uh, Jeff Molson's team. This is uh, a fresh start, so to speak. But uh, the fresh start uh, doesn't uh, include him. He's he's remaining uh, exactly as uh, uh, where he is and and in the same role and with the same authority.
3: And even if I want to look like a, the, at least even like the most recent. Uh, hockey decision that he got involved was, you know, for for Logan Mayu, Like after yeah. the the draft pick was selected, Timmons said that you know yeah he would be at camp and uh, development camp etc. And then just a couple of days later, Jeff Moses said like no he's not taking part of it. So <laughs> right there he he used his his uh, his veto to do it. I know as his role as his, as president he's allowed to do that right like as the owner he's he's allowed to do it but you know. Just don't say you never interfere when, when, when you do.
1: And let's for 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 clarity. Let's remind people that that the Logan Mayu decision made it to uh, Jeff Molson's desk. He signed off on it. He approved yeah. it. Um, he approved that decision and and changed his mind a little bit after the fact.
3: Yeah, after he saw all the the backlash yeah. to it, What happened and sponsors started reaching out and et cetera. All right, one more uh, piece of hockey news before, uh, before we move on to, uh, to our next segment. On uh, Thursday's game between the Canadians and the, uh, the Avalanche, well, a, a Canadians fan, later identified as uh, Alexandre Dubé, uh, he showed his frustration with the Canadians where he tossed a, a jersey and a hat on the ice during the game against the Colorado Avalanche. And well, it caused a lot of reaction throughout, like the the fan base and the players themselves. Even Nick Suzuki spoke about it. Uh, Dominic Du spoke about the incident um, as well. So the fan, like I mentioned, was identified as Alexandre Dubey and he he was interviewed on uh, 91.9 FM on uh, on Friday, where he was asked why did he why did he toss like the the jersey on the ice and he said it was it's how he's felt about the last 25 years of the uh, of the organization he 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 feels frustrated he he felt that the canadians don't have a winning uh, mentality and he just wanted to show his uh, his uh, displeasure a couple of Things that he also wanted to get uh, out there in his message was that it wasn't a Nick Suzuki jersey that he threw on the ice. Suzuki thought after the game that it could have been his, but he did confirm that it was number 74 uh, Sergei Kositsin jersey that was tossed on uh, to the ice. There was some talk, I think people were kind of associating the December 2 dates and all that to the um to, to the judge, to to what he did, and he said, that, no, like, that connection happened after when he was hearing other media members talk about it. Uh, he also did say that it was a uh, he he did not pay for his tickets for the game against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He he was given those tickets, but he was he had paid for tickets for the game against the uh, San Jose Sharks that took place earlier this year, where the Sharks just. You know, embarrassed the Canadians. There was no effort from the Canadians from that one, and he he was just frustrated from the whole experience. And what he would like his message was to the organization: is they want transparency. That if it's a rebuild, to to that the Canadians are going to do, come out, say it, show some respect to the fans, and tell us what uh, what the plan is. So, so Rick, it was that jersey toss.
1: Took a, a whole story of its own Thursday night. It, it really did. Um, have Have you ever seen? I don't. I don't remember ever seeing that. Uh, no, sure, sure, we've seen it with other teams, but I don't ever. I don't ever remember seeing it with uh, the Montreal no. Canadiens. Not me either. Yeah. Um, and and this was um, to put it in context. This was about seven minutes left uh, in the game. And um, it was a, a puck that was was uh, thrown into the avalanche, and Ryan Paling, you know, charged in after it, uh, didn't beat the the icing call. Ryan Paling's been great uh, since his call up, by the way. Uh, and so as the as the uh, linesmen are bringing the, the puck back for you know after the icing call into the Canadian zone, uh, the fan who was in section one fifteen uh, toss this Jersey. Um, and as you said, I, I, the players, I, I understand why Nick Suzuki thought it was, was his Jersey. Uh, he said it w- wasn't a good feeling. I think it was one of my jerseys. Uh, I don't know if it was, but I saw a four. Well, you know, a seven and a four, uh, can, can be, uh, um, misidentified as a one and a four. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, he threw the, the jersey and a cap at the same time, and then he uh, turned and marched up and left the arena, uh, obviously in disgust. and And we've seen we've seen fans boo, um, we've seen fans mock cheer the Canadians uh, many times, but I don't think we've ever seen this. So it was um, it was jarring uh, for the players um, and for the uh, for for all the fans and and uh, even Jeff Gordon, who was in the building, uh, was asked about it, and and he said that uh, his empathy went towards the players because, um, you know, he knew what they must be feeling, uh, seeing something like that—the proud jersey of the Canadians being tossed and and, and laying on the ice. Um, but I I think we can't discount the 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 frustration level of of fans is just you know uh is is ready to burst and something had to happen uh this past week it did uh but uh it couldn't go on any longer uh because uh, the fans uh, you know this is the the canadians keep setting records in futility uh as far as the worst season in franchise history and and finally uh and 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 that point that the fan made about uh, uh, just being honest with them, uh, being transparent. Uh, if if uh, a rebuild is needed, uh, then then that's the direction that the Canadians should go into. And I think, in that uh, perspective, you got the right person in Jeff Gordon, uh, who has been transparent, who was transparent with the New York Rangers fans. Um, in their rebuild and and, uh, and promised, again, in his media availability, full transparency as they go along. And, uh, and maybe that sets up nicely uh, for our big topic segment coming up. Yeah, because in our big topic
3: segment, we're going to talk about New Canadians Executive Vice President Jeff Gordon and some of the key moments from his uh, Friday's introductory press conference. But First, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, uh, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadian Connection Podcast on the Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN bet one dollar on any team to score and you win a hundred dollars in free bets if they score you score with promo code thpn this week at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER
3: all right welcome back to canada's connection podcast on the rocket sports radio I'm Chris Jean. You can find me on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. And with me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. And a reminder that you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and visit the website at canadiansconnection.com. And also just a reminder to subscribe to the, to the Canadians Connection podcast in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and leave a comment uh, as well and make sure you tell all of your friends all your Canadian fans about the Canadian Connection uh, podcast so on Sunday like the second part of the news so we, we spoke about the people that were uh, that were let go from the organization but uh, there was a new uh, individual hired Jeff Corden like we mentioned it he's the Canadian's new executive vice president and and he's going to help Jeff Molson on the selection of the new general manager. Like, we'll talk about the, the, the general manager in a couple of moments. Uh, Jeff Gordon met with the media on Friday and he to answer any uh, questions. And, well, like, the big question that we've been, that fans have been asking even before the, 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 the hiring of Jeff Gordon is, what's the plan what's the direction for this team and Jeff Gordon the the new man on the job was able to share what his vision of the team will be
6: the, the team's obviously had a tough start to the season you know I recognize that and Jeff and I in our conversation when we went through that um, but it, you know I, I think it'll evolve over time there's obviously things that have to happen here um, I would say that uh, if you look at some of the teams I've been around and, and been part of, We want to be fast and skilled. Um, We need probably uh, to to work on our player development here. Um, uh, I'd like to add to analytics. There's a lot of different things I'd like to do. It's my second, third day here, uh, so I'd ask you to give me a little time on that, how that plays out. Um, But uh, I think over time you'll see, uh, you know, uh, my philosophy.
1: He had the opportunity to watch one game uh, in person, uh, by the Montreal Canadiens, so he he asked uh, and and said several times, uh, "Just be patient. I want to be close to the team." He's uh, he traveled to Nashville. Uh, he wants to understand um, the players' perspective, the coach's perspective, the uh, admin staff's perspective. Um, and but his his general philosophy as far as roster building is uh, to focus on uh, skill. And speed, and we've seen that uh, in the teams that he's put together. And I think it's fair to say that that would differ from Mark Bergevan. Um, yes, that he wanted uh, Mark Bergevan wanted his teams to play fast. Uh, but they wanted, I think, uh, size, grit, uh, character, uh, and valued those uh, a little bit more over over skill and speed. I, I think that's that's a, a, a fair appraisal of of uh, the differing philosophies that the two men have.
3: Yeah, when I heard like the, the fast and the skilled hockey team, and I looked at the Canadian's defense. Like uh, <laughs> when when you look at you know Ben Charot and, and Joel Edmondson, like oh uh, okay, so David Savard. Yeah, David Savard actually. Yeah, that's a good name also. So you look at three of the top six defensemen don't meet uh, the fast and skilled uh, definition. So then you're thinking, okay, so sooner or later, like we're going to see a move on defense, which most likely being Ben Charrat. And it's already been uh, reported that teams are keeping an eye out on, uh, on Ben Charrat and um, to try to acquire him. And, and I think they could get a good return on them. But at, uh, but going back to what he he mentioned, like you know, the, the patience is is a word that he he said, mentioned several times during his press conference, and I think it's normal for a, a a new person coming to the organization to a management role who has that kind of responsibility that Jeff Gordon will have, is to assess what's going on right now, see and he just can't come in and make harsh decisions and start trading people, like, day two of his job. He has to understand what's going on. He has to get to know the players. He has to speak to the coaching staff and, and then act uh, accordingly. And, and on Wednesday, Jeff Gordon, he was in Laval to watch the, the Laval Rocket play. And after the game, when I asked uh, Jeff, Jean-Fault, like, how the discussion went with him, and what all said was that, you know, they spoke about the AHL, they, they spoke about the facilities that, that the Canadians provide them at uh, at Place Bell. And Jean Ul said that Jeff Gordon did a lot a lot of listening. He, he listened more than he than he spoke. So he was getting to know Jean francois He's I'm um, assuming there were discussions on things of what worked and what doesn't. So he'll have to have all these discussions with the players, the the coaching staff, to really get a good um, understanding of, uh, of the current situation. Another thing that I, that I liked about uh, what he mentioned was that he wanted to modernize and use analytics and build out player development.
6: Yeah, I think starting with the analytics, uh, I would like to, you know, I think we need to build that out better uh, to modernize it. Um, I do believe uh, in analytics, and I think that uh, the way the game is gone, I think it's a big piece of, of, uh, of information that, that you need to have, and so I would like to build out a staff that way. Um, yeah, player development, I, I think that uh, um, they have a couple uh, gentlemen in place that are doing a good job. I think that uh, we need more. To you know, the way the the game has gone, the way these kids are, uh, they need uh, help in in a lot of ways. You know, as soon as we draft them and or sign them, so uh, I'd like to build that out a little better too.
1: So I think he's he's saying the right things uh, there Uh, first about analytics. We know that that uh, Mark Bergevan was um, not opposed completely, but but uh, wasn't convinced about. Uh, the utility of of analytics. Um, and so he kind of downplayed, uh, he kind of downplayed the the use of them. Now, I shouldn't say that that the Canadians uh, were opposed to any kind of uh, metrics, uh, because uh, the kind of work that Pierre Lard was doing uh, in the sports science side and and injury prevention side, uh, was really quite revolutionary, and and I think that Adam Douglas is is who replaced Allard, is is kind of following along in in those footsteps. But as far as, as using uh, the analytics as as a, as a tool, um, with respect to the coaching staff and and the, the scouting staff, uh, that's something that. As Jeff Gordon said, he wants to modernize and 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 beef up uh, that part of of uh, the Canadian staff on player development. And player development has been criticized for a long time with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, player development is not only what happens in in Laval, but um, the player development folks have a big job in keeping touch, in keeping in touch with all the prospects. And um, he mentioned, Jeff Gordon did, uh, that there are two individuals involved. And, and let's, let's be honest, it's maybe one and a half because we know that uh, Frankie Bouillon is kind of being eased into that role, uh, being groomed for that role. And so the, the number of prospects... Uh, he keeps in touch with are kind of uh, restricted, uh, just to defensemen in in North America, and that leaves a huge job for Rob Ramage, who has to to uh, travel and and be in touch with all the rest of the prospects. and And when when prospects are interviewed, they they do mention they appreciate uh, Rob Ramage and as and his interaction with them. But obviously, it's it's a, a much bigger job and uh, and it's good to hear Jeff uh, Jeff Corton wants uh, to add personnel and and beef up the capabilities uh, for both of those important areas
3: so welcome to uh welcome to to 2021 I guess <laughs> uh, they were a little I think they were, a little, they were behind on both of those departments and and I think I have to start studying analytics as well myself. So it's so like this, when Jeff Gordon comes up and talks about all these analytics, I understand what he's talking about. <laughs> um, uh, if, if we talk about also, I wanted to talk about a bit the timeline as well, as Jeff Molson mentioned on how did this hiring happen? So Jeff Molson said that he met Jeff Gordon he, approximately 10 days prior to the announcement being made, he flew to New York, spent a lot of time with Jeff Gordon, like their, their sons were facing each other in hockey. And, you know, the part that I found, I guess, odd was, you know, when he asked for referrals, one of the people that he asked was uh, Gary Bettman, which is, I guess, a good friend of uh, Jeff Molson, and he, uh, Molson said that. I'm I'm not being funny about this. <laughs> he actually did say that Gary Bettman is a person that he trusts to get reference on um, Jeff Gordon and signed him to a, a multi-year deal. So, you know, we're talking about transparency. We have no idea how long that uh, Jeff Gordon signed for. So, anyways, that's a different the, story. The
1: Bettman one is really odd to me, uh, that, that y- you reach out to... Uh, and and again, I guess it speaks to the kinds of of conversations that uh, Jeff Molson has. Um, he's not necessarily uh, the kind of person who's in touch with uh, you, you know general managers or or uh, presidents of hockey operations of other uh, franchises. He's he's above that, and so he speaks to the Gary Bettmans of the world on a regular basis, and 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 trusts. Uh, Get Bettman's opinion, uh, who, um, you know, Jeff Molson said this was a name that was brought to him. He didn't, he admitted he knew nothing about uh, Jeff Gordon, um, you know, until two weeks ago, um, and that uh, uh, it was after he did his research and after he spoke to Bettman uh, that he started to have uh, good feelings about uh, that hire.
3: And Rick, like we'll we'll get to more of uh, Jeff Gordon, like because there's also a second piece of it of the hiring of a general manager that's still coming up in the next you know weeks, months, whatever, like the the timelines. But if we if we talk about like the the hiring of Jeff Gordon, what we've heard so far from him, like at least from what I've heard from on from Friday from Jeff Gordon, so he so we know he has a background. With the, with the Rangers and uh, the Bruins as well. He's been in hockey for, what is it, think over 30 years, so he has lots of experience on that side. And the way that he spoke to the meeting on Friday, the things that he said, I think he said all the right things. And, like, I'll be honest, like before he, before I read up on Jeff Gordon and his arrival to the Canadians, I didn't know much about him. But from what I've read and also from what I heard on Friday, you know, he starts off, you know, in the... It, on my good side right now so far, uh, Jeff Gordon.
1: Jeff Mort- Gordon is, is a great hire. He's, um, you know, he's someone that uh, it it was reported that several teams uh, were interested in and, and maybe Vancouver is one of those teams uh, in bringing aboard. Uh, he has, as you said, a ton of experience um, at, at various levels for, for both teams. Um, the uh, the Boston Bruins and New York Rangers. And he has something that the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens is unlikely to have, and that's experience as a general manager. Uh, and as we know, uh, and and Jeff Molson talked about this, that um, he pointed out that, that uh, uh, Mark Bergevin had no experience as a general manager when he began. Uh, my issue is that uh, we saw what happened. It took about six years for... Um, um for Mark Bergevin to figure out how to be a a, a a general manager um and with with you know uh, not really any kind of progress and then push that reset button uh and 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 then started to to make some progress um uh, and 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 he started to one of the things that that Mark Bergevin did was to to surround himself with very smart hockey people um you know even going back to Rick Dudley and Shane Churla and and uh, and of course Mellenby and Timmins and Larry Carrier really experienced hockey people and then didn't listen to them for for the first few years cuz he had his own views um but now they've brought in uh, someone who has all the experience that you'd want um but how long uh, is Jeff Gordon going to be able to to be the guy who's uh, actually making the de- decisions and pulling the trigger rather than just being there for advice. And, and uh, Francois Gagnon, who I, I respect, Francois Gagnon a lot, um, said uh, that once the new GM is hired, that uh, Jeff Gordon will be the godfather. He will sit back and he'll wait uh, to be consulted and, and his advice, and but that it will be the general manager, uh, the French speaking general manager who will who will have the full authority and final decision making capability and the report, the direct reporting line to Jeff Molson, who will be making the decision. So I think this is a fabulous hire for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Are they going to be making use of him um, appropriately? Boy, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd almost be more comfortable if it was Jeff Gordon making some of those decisions, the difficult decisions that have to be made over the next year. Uh, if it was him alone making the decision about bringing on uh, an experienced uh, hockey person as the general manager, but it won't be. Uh, he'll just be there in an advisory capacity. And I, I think that's where uh, the, the the Jeff Molson meddling is is uh, is going to you know kind of screw up what what could be a very good thing with a great hockey guy like well a great experienced hockey guy like Jeff Gordon coming aboard.
3: And I think in, in uh, Jeff Molson's press conference on uh, on Monday of last week, that part was really like unclear on. How will the decision-making and stuff like that happen between Gordon and the upcoming general manager? Like in the opening statement that even in the portion that you played, that we played in the first segment, like he mentions, okay, now there'll be two people accountable for hockey decisions. And then later he said, well, if there's any hockey moves, well, the GM will be responsible for, will be accountable for them. And then it's like, it's a two headed monster, but then it's GM making the moves. So that part is, I, I feel that wasn't clear at all from uh, Jeff Molson. And you're saying, oh, we're going to have to figure some things out. Like there's not a checklist of who will be responsible for for what. So so I think that they're, and I think it's a little bit normal that they're going to have to figure things out on how that will work. One thing for sure is that uh, they want to put in a lot of work to, to turn. The franchise around, so and I'm actually uh, pleasantly surprised that Jeff Molson made a uh, an org or an organizational chart where there's two people, like the like the GM and okay, I wasn't a president, but still like a more senior person. I wasn't expecting that 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 would happen. I thought it would be just a GM and then just reporting to Jeff Molson, but I'm happy that the, he added that an extra layer. Like even if it's Jeff Gordon, if, if it's an advisory role or whatever role that he has, it's still good that somebody with experience was added to, um, to the organization. And regardless, I think Jeff Gordon will have a good influence on, um, and, uh, the new the next general manager. Just,
1: just, uh, be- just to follow up on that. Uh, that was something that the, the media, uh, really pushed, uh, Jeff Molson on in, was this whole issue of of reporting lines uh, and and he danced as, as you say it was kind of unclear for a while and then right at the end he said uh, I answered this in French but I'm going to answer again the GM has to have the final say uh, in any uh, in, in any decisions and will have full authority and will be reporting to me that was that was kind of um, you know I think the underreported part of. Of that, and and then, uh, Gorton kind of uh, confirmed that. So I think that's how, you know, John Liu is reporting on it. Francois Gagnon, that that because uh, I think there was some real concern uh, by the French media that Gordon would, that the unilingual Anglophone Gorton, would have the final say, and the uh, the GM would be nothing more than a French spokesperson. And uh, I think that was kind of put to rest. Uh, to the delight of of many of the French media, that know it's going to be uh, the French speaking uh, GM who's going to have final uh, decision making power and will report directly to to Jeff Molson. And and yes, as you said, there are things yet to work to be worked out. But I think I think that one we have a pretty good sense of.
3: And uh, Jeff Gordon was asked for what kind of qualities they're looking uh, for a new general manager.
6: Obviously somebody that has a real uh you know a great knowledge of hockey of understanding of how the business works um uh, you know i i think we'll look at everything i, I think what we want to do as a group is is we want to look at all the candidates and uh and pick the very best based on you know what they have maybe they don't uh Maybe it's a person that doesn't have a ton of experience as a general manager, but what else do they have that they can bring to the table? How else can they help us look at uh, different scenarios? So we're, we're going to look for somebody with uh, maybe a little outside the box that uh, that can help us move forward and, and maybe complement me.
1: Again, that was something, the, the outside the box uh, was a direct uh, repetition uh, or confirmation of what Jeff Molson had said that we're going to look for somebody outside the box, that uh, they're not necessarily going to have a, a experience in hockey operations. They're not going to have experience as a general manager per se, um, but someone who's going to be in hockey. And, and they, they kind of defined that rather broadly, uh, being in hockey um, that is going to have a different background to that of of Jeff Gordon. He came back. Jeff Gordon came back to that a little bit later, and and uh, then talked about maybe it's maybe it's somebody who's only been a player, maybe it's somebody who's only been an agent. Um, and uh, so I think. You know that's uh, when when the 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 names started percolating up about uh, the the folks that would be under consideration. First is first and foremost, it's got to be uh, someone who speaks French. And I th- think you you know a name like Martin Madden Jr. came out, uh, and Martin Madden Jr. Uh, maybe given what um, uh, Jeff Molson has said and Jeff Gordon has said. Maybe he's too similar to Jeff Gordon or his experience is, uh, the scouting experience and, and uh, hockey operations experience, so that, that they're looking for somebody completely outside of that. Um, maybe an agent, maybe a player, maybe, uh, as, as Jeff Molson said, his priority for opera- hockey operations is going to be diversity. Uh, so this is going to be very interesting uh, to see how this person Compliments, uh Jeff Gordon.
3: Yeah, and I, when I, when I heard like the the outside the box uh, comments that were that were made, you know the most common names that we were hearing were like the Matthew Darsh, the the Daniel Briere, the Martin Mandon, uh, that we were hearing. So when you said outside the box, I'm thinking like, okay, I don't think it's gonna be one of them. If they went specifically and repeated that at the outside of the box, that we're we'll probably gonna get a name that we we haven't discussed, you know. And, you know, even a former goalie, the Canadiens, number 33, who put in, his, uh, <laughs> threw in his, his name and Jeff Gordon said, well, he's heard of him. But uh, <laughs> but that's going to be quite the um, fia- uh, fiasco. It's going to be yeah. quite the fiasco to deal with that Patrick White scenario because I think now with all the pressure from the public and all the pressure that... F- kind of uh Patrick Waugh put on the Canadian's organization. It's like the Canadians are they're practically forced now to interview Patrick Waugh for uh, for the role because if they don't I think it'll be another PR mess for, for the Canadians and well
1: Canadians don't have Paul Wilson anymore to help them out <laughs> to handle that. <laughs> on it. so um, And going so back to it, that game on Thursday, it was right around the time when that the jersey got thrown on that somebody stood up and had a sign that said "Patrick G. Uh, Patrick Wah for GM," and there was a Patrick Wah chant in the Bell Center yeah. uh, at the end of of uh, the Colorado game.
3: Yeah. So, so that's I'm very curious on how that's going to end up. And you know, like all these, the off the off ice is going to be more interesting, I think, for the Canadiens under the play on the ice yeah. from now till oh, the yeah. end of the end of the season. And in terms of timelines. Well, you know, he was asked to put over, sorry, before or after Christmas. Uh, Corden said that the GM will will be hired most likely after Christmas. And for for head scouts, that's undetermined. And even for like the head scout role, like Rick, uh, so the Canadians have a big draft coming up this year. Number one, it's in Montreal. So right now the Canadians have... You know two draft picks, one is going to go to Arizona. But if we're thinking that the Canadians might trade like a player like Ben Charade, like they'll likely get like another second round, uh, sorry, a second first round pick, I should say. So it's a big draft, and the Canadians like need somebody to be to to oversee that.
1: It's, um, it's 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 incredible because the Canadians had. Some of the best talent evaluators, I know you're going to argue with me, but uh, believe me, uh, th- as far as the, the reputation goes around the league, uh, Rick Dudley, uh, Shane Churla, Trevor Timmons, these are some of the best amateur uh folks uh around and uh now none of those is uh going to be available for what could be you know one of the biggest drafts in in montreal obviously since 2009 and and uh um instead it's going to be marty lapointe uh, what we learned from the press conference it's going to be marty lapointe so far who's uh going to help out or be in charge of amateur scouting uh along with um uh, Eric, uh, Crawford, who, um, is, is the director of, of the Canadians pro scouting side. And, and I met and talked with Eric Crawford and he's a nice guy and he knows, uh, you know, he knows his AHL stuff. And, uh, but I don't know how much he knows about the, the amateur scouting side and, and that's, um, and, and, and listen, the Canadians still have, you know, all of their scouts in place and surge uh, Bouvier in in Quebec and and uh, Vinnie Riendo, um and and all of them um, who've uh, done a pretty good job, but uh, having somebody to take all that information and and put it all together and synthesize it and make decisions um, and for a very important draft that's um, they've they've gotten rid of a lot of of organizational knowledge.
3: Yeah. So so. I'm assuming that decision should come relatively sooner than later, So, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And then another another question that Jeff Gordon was uh, asked to was about Dominic Ducharme, and Jeff Gordon confirmed that uh, Dominic Ducharme uh, will remain the coach for the rest of uh, the season. I know this is a part where me and you will disagree, Rick, but I, I'm glad that... At even for like the Mark Bergevin I had reached to the point where you know what? at this point cleans need to make a decision like to either you either sign him or you fire him like something needs to get done and I'm okay with either or you just make, make up your mind and I felt this was a point now that a similar decision had to be made for Dominic Ducharme I was almost getting to that point where I I, I wanted some either way, to go either way so he said that he'll stay for the end of the season I'm I'm glad that a decision was, was made so that at least for a bit, like hopefully that uh, conversation will, um, will, 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 will stop for when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I really feel for the players. I, I really do. Um, I, I don't think there's, there's any disagreement that, um, you know, Dominic Ducharme is in over his head. Um, uh, his his system has been a, a disaster, and and uh, and and whether it worked or not, uh, you know, in in at a different level of hockey, it isn't working now. Um, it's it's uh, the players are frustrated with the system. Uh, Ducharme is frustrated with them, and um, and it, it just hasn't worked out. And and um, I would have rather seen, uh, for the players' sake, Dom um, Ducharme fired. I understand that that you know they're paying, uh, they're, they're, Claude Julian they're 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 paying, uh, they would be paying Dom Deschamps, not to coach, but um, th- this season is lost. It, it's it's completely lost. And the way of, of um, g- you know, getting some value out of the season is making sure that uh, the vets that you're going to trade. Uh, are playing to their, their capability. And, and, um, you know, uh, David Savard has looked like he doesn't know how to play hockey and, um, and he, he has some value and may have some value for a playoff team. Um, so, uh, you know, letting, turning the the bench over to Trevor Latowski and Luke Richardson and letting them handle it, uh, playing the, the, the young players and, and uh, obviously um, you know, Dom De Charme was built as a, as a new age coach so that it would have great connections with his younger players. And that hasn't, uh, that hasn't panned out. Um, and, and to save a bit of money or, or, and in this case, I don't think you would, but, um, uh, Jeff Molson, I think, uh, keeping Dom Charm there is, um, is just going to frustrate the players and, and, uh, and, and hold back, uh. A year of, of uh, development for for the players. I, I, I'm, yeah. It, it's I, as you're right. Uh, the The uncertainty is is worse, and and at least uh, they've decided uh, to keep him to the end of the year. But I don't see how the organization can go forward with Dom De Charme.
3: Uh And also, one thing that. Um I think that's worth mentioning as well because I know even in, in uh, two weeks ago when we, were, when we were talking about, you know, the youths and playing like the, the younger players and giving them more ice time, uh, Richard Labbe on Thursdays, after Thursday's game, asked Dominic Ducharme, you know, when are you going to start coaching? Is it is it time you're going to start coaching for starting to Valley for, for next year than for this year? And Dominic Ducharme said at that time that, you know, that's an organization decision. I haven't been told. That if if I'm told that's how we're, the direction we're going, that he'll will coach accordingly to that. So I think that's also a, a relatively uh, short-term decision that uh, that Jeff Gordon will have to make. Like if to officially declare, you know, this season it's a, it's a it's a wash until you know, like your coach till the end of the year. I want you to play the young players, give them time, and then you know then then have. Um, have Dominic Deschamps coach uh, coach accordingly. All right, we have. Uh, so so Jeff Gordon, you know, he he he's from the Massachusetts area. You know, th- uh, the French media made sure that everybody knew that. But uh, he was asked to speak about uh, if he had any memories involving Montreal names when he was growing up.
6: Being from Boston, of course, you know, the Canadians broke my heart a lot of times. That's my first memories. Uh, like 1979 probably sticks out as the as the first one where, you know, things were thrown in my house, uh, you know, with the too many men on the ice. Um, um, so I go, you know, go back. You know, as far as coming into the game and, and, and traveling and, and, and being a part of the Bruins uh, organization coming up here, and and seeing all the uh, you know great players around and and uh, the history and just everything that you know going coming to game in Montreal was special and you could feel that right away and and you know you know who wouldn't want to be a part of that.
1: He has uh, you know he wasn't part of the Canadiens history but uh, he observed it and and he was a diehard Bruins fan growing up uh, and he's he said uh, the the Canadians broke his heart uh, the. You can imagine uh, the 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 game that he or the series that he referenced, the Too Many Men, and how that turned, and what it what it was like for a, a Bruins fan. Um, and so he appreciates uh, the history, the 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 feeling, and and he said that that uh, you know all of all of those memories and traveling with the Bruins and arriving uh, and being part of those special games some of that is missing that that um when he got to the bell center and he, he had his first game it was the energy wasn't there it wasn't the same um, and, and so he wants, he, he feels invested to, to renew that, to re-energize, to bring all of that back to the Canadians. Um, because even though he is, uh, w- was a Bruins fan and was in their organization, he has a, a, an appreciation for the, the history of the Montreal Canadians. And I think that's, um, that's, a, a, a an asset for him to have as well.
3: Yeah, and and his it's funny how his um, his journey resembles the one of Chris Nyland. You know, Bruins, Rangers, Canadians. Yeah, it's the same three teams that Chris Nyland played for. And you know Chris Nyland, like he's even though he's born and raised born in Massachusetts and all that, like he he, he has a claims to heart. So so even though if he was a Bruins fan in the past, you know he could be fully engaged with uh, as a Montreal Canadian. All right, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians' Connection podcast. When we come back, the Canadians made a roster move earlier today, making a claim off waivers. We'll talk about that and we'll give you a final update on our successful November campaign. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians' Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadians' Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Your year-round resource for anything Habs-related—that's allhabs.net.
3: All right, welcome back to episode 167 of the uh, Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. And remind you, can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. So the Canadians, under Jeff Gordon, made their first roster move, as the Montreal Canadiens have claimed defenseman Kale Clegg off waivers. Uh, Rick, this is a defenseman that uh, was with the uh, Los Angeles Kings.
1: He's known as an offensive defenseman. Um, good speed, good skater, a uh, bit of a puck mover. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, he was on waivers, so th- he has some some holes in his game uh, as well. But but uh, uh, if it's the first indication uh, that uh, uh, Jeff Gordon values a puck moving defenseman, well, then I guess this is the one. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he split his his season so far. Um, he has five assists uh, in eleven games with the Los Angeles Kings. He has four assists in five games with uh, their AHL affiliate, the Ontario Reign.
3: All right, so we'll keep an eye on him, and I'm sure he'll he'll play somewhere with the Canadiens organization uh, in the upcoming week until uh, prior to next week's episode. All right, a couple of things going on with the uh, on uh, on allhabs.net. You know, selfish plug here every Monday morning, you'll be able to read the Habs notepad with myself with the, all the news coming up from the weekend. You know, you all will probably have some more information on the Canadians waiver uh, pickup in uh, in that post. And also, every day, you'll get either a, a game day preview uh, of the Canadians game recaps, etc. So, all the news will be able to get that on uh, allhabs.net. And, well, you'll also kid see the Habs Fan Forum, a video that is made weekly by uh, contributor uh, Ben. And uh, this week he spoke about, well, the Canadiens news, where Jeff Molson, he, he cleaned the house, and he, Ben shares his thoughts on the the announcements. And as we mentioned um, earlier in, in the podcast, every Tuesday is the press zone with, uh, with Amy Johnson and... Rick, with the focus on the uh, the prospects. Well, we're in December, December 4th. So we, over the last couple of weeks, we've been providing you uh, updates on our November fundraising campaign, and now, well, Rocket Sport contributor Michael Spinella, he's joining us with uh, with Ben, and they're going to give us a final update on our November campaign.
5: Thanks guys, I'm excited to give everyone an update on our Movember initiative. For those listeners who might not know me, I am Michael Spinella, I am an RSM contributor. I've written for the AHL report, I've helped edit some audio clips for the Canadians Connections podcast and the Press Zone. This is actually my second appearance here on Canadians Connection. And joining me here in the studio is my fellow Rocket Sports colleague, it's Ben, how are you?
0: Hey Michael, I'm doing great, thanks for asking, happy to be on the show.
5: Perfect. No, I'm excited to talk to you. I very rarely get to talk, uh, I guess, in person with my Rocket Sports colleagues. It's all DMs, so this is a nice little change in pace.
0: Uh, absolutely. I feel the same way, uh, especially on my on my Habs fan forum. I kind of get uh, stuck talking to myself a lot, too,
5: actually. <laughs> uh, since you mentioned it, uh, why don't you uh, let the listeners know uh, all the things that you do, like uh, Habs fan forum and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: I've, I've been with Rocket Sports Media the last year, and what a wild ride that has been. Okay, we'll get through the ups of last year, of course, and the downs of this year. Um, I've been a diehard uh, Habs fan the last 25, 30 years, though. So, um, yeah, just really excited to be a part of this team. And, and you probably have seen my face. Hopefully you've checked into the Habs fan forum where I'm giving my weekly updates. Um, that comes out every Thursday where basically... I just break down from a fan's perspective and give a voice to kind of, I know how I'm feeling and how other Habs fans I know are feeling and uh, talk about recent games, talk about recent uh, roster moves. Um, And definitely in the last few weeks, it hasn't been the most um, good, most, a lot of good news, but uh, still a lot of fun to talk about.
5: uh, What we will do is we'll give everybody a little bit of good news. Uh, So our Movember our final total raised, $1,200, and $770 was raised by you, Ben. Uh, congratulations, and uh, I guess, how in the world did you manage to raise that much money?
0: <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Um, super excited about that number. Uh, this is actually my first year participating in fundraising for November, but it's always been a charity that I've supported. It's kind of on my short list of charities that I support every year um and yeah $1,200 we're like at the rocket sports media team we should be super proud of that um 770 honestly i think people just didn't like looking at my mo and they were like okay if we if we donate some money maybe he'll (laughs) he'll stop popping up in our feed
5: Uh, i do like your mo quite a bit Uh, i saw i guess your incremented updates throughout the month Um, uh, why don't you uh, just i guess describe uh, your mo for everybody and uh, have you you know tried to grow facial hair like that before
0: this was the first time in a very long time that I shaved like full, full shave from day one on November 1st, the way you're properly supposed to do it for the fundraise. And um, maybe some, some people might say it's I'm blessed with a young looking face, but uh, when you shave it all down, I just kind of look like I, a 15 year old kid. So <laughs> um, it's a really big change. And I haven't had no facial hair in several years. So. Uh, it, it really started slow. I think the first eight or nine days of November, nobody knew what I was doing. <laughs> so that was uh, that was definitely an interesting part of it. But uh, after you know, now that it's come on, my uh, my partner actually told me as well. She's like, you know what? Once it grows in two weeks, in it's not a bad look for you.
5: I think you touched on it a little bit, but uh, overall, uh, what uh, inspired you to participate this year with uh, the Rocket Sports team?
0: Yeah, you know what the the, the there's a lot of things that Movember supports, uh, particularly, of course, uh, prostate and testicular cancer, which are just um, a lot of, un, you know, not spoken about a lot. But to me, the, the biggest thing that kind of catches my eye, Movember, is the mental health advocacy uh, in men and, and in how mental health in men actually helps spread um, wellness advocacy across, you know, uh, women, men, et cetera. Um, but uh, to me, I you know I've lost people in my life in the past to suicide. Um, it's very it, it's when you see mental health problems go untreated, and people don't feel a safe space to go talk about it, and and just seeing recent movement in the mental health space that Movember's caused, it's just an inspiration to me. So if I can do my part by you know raising some money and you know getting getting out and going for a walk, if that alone helps someone. Um, you know, have the courage to to go speak to someone and, you know, talk about th- their issues and, and feel safe knowing that it's okay. Uh, that's just a big uh, inspiration for me.
5: Yeah, very well put. And I will say like, when we talk about like men's health, men's mental health, it's we're not just supporting men specifically, you know, we're supporting everybody. But that also includes men. I do feel like there are some stereotypes that, at times makes it a little bit uncomfortable for men to maybe come and speak out. So very well said on your end. And uh, one of the things you mentioned was uh, going out on walks. Did you want to talk a little bit about uh, what you did uh, with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was a a very odd month for me. I had my uh, ACL reconstructed about uh, seven weeks ago. Um, So to me, it was, uh, you know, I almost want to thank the November uh, cause just because it gave me a good reason to get out there and walk. And while it kind of hurt, uh, I got. I think I got about 72 kilometers done, out of, so I passed my goal of 60. And honestly, the Rocket Sports Media team—last uh, time I checked, I don't know where they are now—but last time I checked, they were at like 675 kilometers, and it might might have been even more since. So, uh, just really cool to see everyone getting out there moving in in Canada where it's cold. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, the final number here I'm looking at is uh, 677. So it's pretty impressive uh, for everybody to do that in a month and. Uh... Congratulations to our whole uh, Rocket Sports Media family on uh, that one. I guess uh, another question I got for you here is uh, what, uh, what does Movember mean to you? And uh, beyond what you might have already uh, discussed a little bit, uh, were there any like very specific motivations behind you joining? I think...
0: Um, so, I, you know, I talked, I touched on a little bit the mental health side of it and why I find that really important. I just think, again, that just having a month to get that message out there is just so key. But uh, what I kind of like about it is it takes, it takes away, uh, sorry, it doesn't necessarily take away, but it, there's a fun element to it. So during the month, you have this, the laughter of the mustache, you have the, like, all these different types of Mo's, you, you have all these elements that are just new to someone and it's, it, it's kind of a more fun spin on it, right? So uh, it takes away from the seriousness of the nature of mental health, and it gives you a time to, to, you know, uh, donate or talk about it in a, a kind of a fun space.
5: Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at uh, your mustache here, and uh, in a very strange way, it gives me some Michael Pizzetta vibes. I'm looking at both of your uh, pictures side by side for Movember, and uh, I think there's a little bit of a resemblance. <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, this is Canadians Connection and we uh, do cover Montreal Canadiens, was there uh, any uh, one uh, Hab that has your favourite moustache this month? You know what, um,
0: Michael Pozzetta was a fun one, because he just really, with that flow and with that moustache, he, uh, he just gets me. Um, and I, I don't even know if, if uh, he's doing it specifically for Movember, because I swear, Jeff Petrie, uh, it started in the playoffs when they all started growing mustaches last year. That was really funny. So I kind of just almost see Jeff Petrie as uh, one of the guys who just hadn't (laughs) actually suits the mustache.
5: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Actually, uh, to confirm, though, uh, it does look like uh, Michael Pizzetta raised just a little bit under two grand for... uh, Movember, so there's that, so good to see him participating, and it looks like, yeah, Jeff Petrie's involved in that as well, so nice to see uh, some of those Montreal Canadiens get involved. Um, What I'm going to read here, I'm going to read here, uh, is our Rocket Sports Media motivation behind uh, our Movember initiative, it's, uh, at Rocket Sports Media, we are a tight-knit family, we enjoy working together as a team to produce a premier product. We're very proud of the platform we have built to connect with our global community. Rocket Power is how we describe our effort to raise awareness for worthwhile projects and to mobilize sports fans to assist one another, no matter their team affiliation. Fans can unite to make a difference in the lives of others. And I think you, Ben, uh, you fit that mold pretty well.
0: Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. And really just proud to be
5: a part of that team. For sure. Awesome. I'll uh, give you a chance here just to plug your social media, and I think uh, that's pretty much uh, the full update.
0: Yeah, so you can catch me on the All Habs uh, YouTube channel. That's the best place to find me um, at youtube.com slash allhabs, and tune in to the Habs Fan Forum every week
5: on Thursdays in the afternoon. Awesome. Looking forward to it, and uh, thank you again for doing this. It was good to speak to you, Ben. Thanks. You as well, Mike.
3: All right. Thank you very much, Michael and Ben. And Rick, it was another, it was a very successful campaign that we had uh, this year.
1: Very impressive. Uh, we had uh, most of our, our Rocket Sports uh, contributors. Uh, they were involved in some way, either uh, fundraising or or getting active or making donations growing mustaches. Um, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. As the guys said, uh, $1,200, uh, which uh, our target was $500. Uh, and so we surpassed that. And uh, about 700 kilometers were racked up in uh, in activity. So hopefully we continue that going uh, in December.
3: Uh, the Canadians have three games this upcoming week. Like on tonight, the March all Canadians face the Nashville Predators in Nashville. And then, well, it's a quick one-game road trip because they're back next week for two home games on Tuesday against the Lightning and on Thursday against the Blackhawks. And that will lead us to a next Saturday's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast and and Rick like we mentioned on the top of this episode it was a busy week even we could say it was a historic week for the Montreal Canadians
1: absolutely this is this is going to go down uh, it's going to be talked about for uh, months and years, and uh, and so we got a bit of a longer show today because there was an awful lot of news to to cover, and uh, we'll be sure to get back to your texts and your tweets and your emails uh, next week and read some of those. So be sure to reach out to us on social media. Text us at the Rocket Sports text line at five eight five three 3 Rocket. Uh, go to the, the, the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash allhabs, and, and uh, uh, make your views known there because, uh, yeah, there was a lot of news and a lot of discussion about uh, the Montreal Canadiens.
3: And uh, once again, happy birthday to the Montreal Canadiens celebrating their 112th birthday on uh, December 4th, which is today. And a reminder to subscribe to the Canadian Connection on any of your favorite podcast apps and, you know, share on uh, social media uh, as well. Rick, thank you very
1: much. Thank you, Chris. Great to have you back.
3: Thank you, everybody, to listening. And we'll be back next Saturday for another edition of the Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadian's Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.